0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock on. Lock
1: Lock Lock on. Lock, lock, lock on. Lock, lock on.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at mccoolbcb. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Now, Landon, I know that I talked to you yesterday at the (laughs) same exact time, but it feels like that was like three years ago, considering all the amount of information we got over the last twenty-four hours. How you doing, buddy?
1: Good. It's been a, a an avalanche of news. Uh, it's 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 like that uh, that that scene that went viral from that Force Majeure movie, where everyone's sitting pleasantly on the balcony at what looks like a ski lodge, and then suddenly there's a shift in the mountain, and suddenly nothing but a white wall is coming at you, and that white wall is uh, is, is NFL news at this point.
0: Yep. It's uh, it just ha- as we're sitting here, there's just news piling in. Uh, We're going to try to keep you guys up to date the best that we can. Uh, But let's go ahead and kind of go backwards and start from yesterday. Let's start with the big news. Uh, First move the Cowboys made was locking up Blake Jarwin. Big, big move for the Cowboys to to lock him up for the next, what, four years? Uh, Not, really not that big of a deal. But it is important that the Mm -hmm. Cowboys signed him to a contract extension, which makes him like the 19th or 20th highest paid tight end in the league. What were your quick thoughts on Jarwin?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if anything, uh, the big news here is, uh, you know, kind of a changing of the guard officially. You know, I think this kind of contract puts him squarely in the uh, the main target of uh, of, of the, for tight end. Uh, you know, even if Witten were to come back in some scenario, I can't imagine him uh, coming back as anywhere near the, the scenario that he was in the previous season. So, uh, yeah, really the big news here is that th- this kind of seals the deal that uh, – that, that Jarwin is the, the main target, the guy who's going to get the, the, the lion's share of tight end snaps this year.
0: I do think it's a smart thing to lock Jarwin up now rather than yeah waiting in next year, just because I think there is a good chance that he has a big role in Mike McCarthy's offense, right? Yeah, like I, I don't think it's impossible that he catches 55 passes next year, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, that's, what th- that's what I think too, is that you, you realize that you got a guy who you think talent-wise is there, right and now you're about to provide him double his opportunity which is probably gonna you know double if not more than double his uh output his production um and I think you you pay him now before he gets all that production and so you know a a year from now that Mm -hmm. could look like an absolute steal if he puts up like you know if he has an Austin Hooper type season next year you know
0: yeah I was looking at some of the other tight ends that like now around in his pay range and it's I mean, it's a lot of guys that are like blocking tight ends, even like Jesse James. Uh, you're looking at like Jeff Heuerman from the Bronco- Broncos. Jeff Swain got a similar deal. Uh, Ed Dixon of the Seahawks. So uh, th- this is really not a lot of money at all. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some of the other news. Uh, it was announced, oh, you know, late last night, Byron Jones did officially leave. He signed with Miami Dolphins uh, for a, it was five years, eighty-three million. Uh, best news is that he is out of the Cowboys division uh there was obviously some c- concerns that maybe he would join the Eagles or the Redskins uh, we know that he had a lot of different offers uh what was your take on byron leaving
1: yeah i mean i felt like it was it, it was pretty inevitable um and you know i i think i, th- I think even when the numbers came out and everything and, and people were asking like after we're gonna talk about Cobb in a second, but after Cobb got signed, everyone was like, uh, well, you know does if they had known that they were gonna be priced out on Cobb, do you think they could have still gone back and, and signed byron Jones? I just think that they weren't they weren't gonna pay a cornerback you know any cornerback that much money like i I just think that that's that's the thing that people are having the hard time conceiving and i I understand the thought process of being upset about it, and i I hate losing Byron." But I think the general idea is that they don't want to pay one cornerback that much money, that much no, percentage no, of their of not. their cap. I disagree
0: with that, but I think you are correct, and that's what the plan is, right? They're just not going to pay that position a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things where, I you know, and here, here's my thought process on it. As you have started to play more corners on the field, it makes less and less sense to actually pay individual corners large amounts of money because really it, it it's it's a matchup league now and it's not necessarily about like having the shutdown corner to shut down their wide receiver it's about having the collection of defensive backs to shut down the collection of wide receivers so sure i i, I can understand if they're moving to more of a model of well these these defensive backs are coming out into league uh, a little bit, you know, more developed than they had been previously with, you know, seven on seven camps and just, you know, that's the the kind of defensive benefit of, uh, of of these, you know, kids starting early with with football and starting to play in these camps. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to go to more of a model of paying pass rushers, paying defensive linemen, and then cycling in defensive backs on you know cheap rookie deals as they get them, uh, and then retaining the guys that are willing to kind of have kind of middle ground deals. And if, if you know Byron with a guy, the guy like Byron Jones and, and, you know, we'll talk about Quinn in a second. Uh, you know, if they, if they price themselves out, you, you, you say goodbye. Thank, thank you. And then you, you accept uh, the third round pick and then hope that you can turn that guy into uh, something special as well.
0: All right, let's go ahead and talk more about the guys that the Cowboys lost before we get into some of the other stuff. Um, let's go ahead with the Cobb uh, because that happened uh, later last night uh after the Cowboys signed Amari Cooper, which we, we did talk about. Um how surprising was it that Randall Cobb decided to leave? Because we kind of thought the whole time that, you know, with Mike McCarthy being here, with him showing up to the introductory press conference, that Cobb was a lock to be here. Um what were your thoughts on him leaving?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think we none of us anticipated Houston throwing nine million dollars a year at him. I mean,
0: well, I, that's because Brian or oh, Bill O'Brien is the general manager, owner, coach, whatever he is over there. I mean,
1: yeah, uh, licenser, uh, you know, attorney at law. I mean, he's basically they, they're just going to change the logo to his face with some horns. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't think anybody anticipated nine million dollars a year for for Randall Cobb. Uh, I love Randall Cobb. Think he's a great guy. He's also a smart guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got to realize that nine million dollars a year is not coming around ever again in his life. No. So uh, you 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 know you say sorry. This would be fun, but I can't. And then you uh, you know swallow your pride and go. go down to Houston where you kind of probably already are getting a sinking feeling despite having one of the best young quarterbacks in football on that team.
0: Yeah. So um, obviously I was somebody last year who wanted to keep Cole Beasley. The Cowboys decided not to do that. Uh, I was okay with the idea uh, of um, them bringing in Randall Cobb on a one year deal. I don't believe that you should pay slot receivers a lot of money, especially older ones. So what, Randall Cobb is 30 years old?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's basically is, just redoing the the Beasley situation in some ways, right? It's like... Uh, well, it's just like... Okay, so I can understand
0: it a little bit more with Beasley because that's somebody who really hasn't been injury-prone, right? Yeah. Um, Randall Cobb has a pretty significant injury history. And giving him Fair. that much money into his 30s we know that slot receivers just don't age very well especially smaller ones that take that amount of punishment guys we talk about physical fitness all the time but there's another side of the game that is just as important i'm talking about mental fitness calm the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with lebron james to help you train your mind lebron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. I want a Cobb back, but that's not something I'm going to be worried about. It's just, It's just not something that's – uh, going to keep me up at night. You can find slot receivers. There are slot receivers that are available in free agency. There's guys that you can trade for, and this is a historically deep draft. That's not one of my biggest concerns at all. If if the team doesn't find another receiver, they can do enough on offense to kind of mitigate the loss of cop, right? They can use more of Tony Pollard. They can use more of uh, Blake Jarwin in the slot. They can they've move Amari weapons. into the slot. They've yeah, yeah, they, they've got weapons. Got weapon. Yeah, that's so that, not an that, issue. It's that's bad. not really a problem. Yeah. um
1: what real quick run, what does yeah, the, yeah. speaking of keeping you up at night does the idea of potentially trading away the best young wide receiver in football for like a first and a fourth and then stockpiling a pass, run uh, run running backs how does how does that those well you said the Texans because did.
0: they didn't even get the first they got a second out of it
1: <laughs> oh that's right that's right
0: so that's right. yeah I, I oh my <laughs> let's again let's just be glad we are not I mean, yes,
1: for all the complaining and hand, hand-wringing that went on yesterday before the Cowboys signed Cooper, and, you know, obviously a lot of tweets that had to get go back and be deleted, uh, I, I wonder if, you know, I, I wonder how much of that, like, it, it, it comparatively gets looked at what's going on with Houston, go, oh, oh, that's what a bad franchise does. Yeah, oh, gotcha, yeah. okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about Amari Cooper and Robert Quinn.
1: All right, Landon. Last
0: night, the Cowboys at about midnight Eastern time, uh, yeah. the Cowboys announced the deal that they signed Amari Cooper to a five-year extension uh, worth up to a hundred million dollars. Um, you know, I, I think we we were pretty confident that Amari yes. was going to stay around, uh, but I again I can tell you, I have just some people that are close with Amari Cooper, um, the Redskins did make him an offer that would have made him the highest paid receiver in the league. So there's there's no doubt that there was a lot of other teams out there uh, that would have interest. But Amari wanted to be in Dallas. He likes playing with Dak Prescott. He likes playing, uh, it, you know, in the star and big uh, big games. Uh, he even mentioned that. He said, you know, when you're playing, uh, you know, with the Raiders or with some other teams, you, you very rarely get a primetime game. You might get one a season. Every game with the Cowboys is a big game, and that's part of the reason the appeal was so great in Dallas. So what were your thoughts on the Cowboys finally making that uh, deal final at five years, $100 million?
1: I, I mean, I, I had to think that everything that we had said yesterday on the podcast started to look really good. Like, oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. The, the thought process, again, that we talked about yesterday is that the thing that people that fans in general miss a lot and that we just need to admit is an angle that we don't have information on is the, like the human aspect of this is the human aspect of free agency. Money obviously dictates a large percentage of this money location. You know, the, the things that we debate over when it comes to free agency and, and and assets and that sort of thing. Those are obviously the key Main factors that go into whether where a uh, a uh, uh, player signs with this team or that, the level of assumption that goes on though, based j- solely on those things, I think is is ha- was incorrect, and I think the Cooper situation shows you right that it's not always all about money. Like mm-hmm. Cooper took significantly less money to stay in Dallas, uh, and and I I think Dallas felt confident about uh, what I think what the situation was. I think that they had you know and you know we could say what you want about the the Dallas front front office. Things have not worked out the way exactly the way they wanted obviously, but I also think that there's something there's something to be said about what is realistic for them to work out. They faced they're facing an, an enormous number of free agents that are in, coming in, uh, an enormous number of high paying free agents. While also being the team that was having to negotiate the CBA, you know, and so that, so they kind of have had to have multiple deals in place based on whether or not the CBA was going to be instituted, that sort of thing. My, my point is, is that this is all insanely complicated. And then on top of that, there's another layer of stuff that no one in the media, well, maybe some people in the media kind of have an idea of, but none of us that don't have access to the players have any idea about. And I think, That kind of level of personal relationship slash personal preference, uh, that's kind of what was the deciding factor here. And I think that's why uh, it it turns out Cowboys aren't as dumb. They kind of had a feel of the situation and and Mm -hmm. knew that Cooper wanted to be back. And maybe that's why they were willing to slow play this a little bit because they knew Cooper wanted to be here and they were willing to kind of continue to negotiate till Cooper felt comfortable with the number two.
0: Yeah, I I never really worried about this one at all about the Cowboys getting Cooper done. The number kind of always seemed slotted in like he was never going to get more than Julio Jones money here in Dallas. But Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill money, yeah, sure that that always made sense. So um, I I do agree with the decision to prioritize uh, Cooper over some of the defensive guys just because we talk about the stability from year to year on offense. You need to always put weapons around your quarterback because in this league you don't have a chance unless you have a competent quarterback. Obviously, Cooper made Dak Prescott significantly better over the last two years. I think this was just an easy deal from both sides. It didn't seem like there was a lot of negotiating here. What we heard right before the deadline, uh, you know, noon on Monday, uh, that they were working on a deal. It sounded like it just took them a couple more hours uh, once free agency started to get that one ultimately done. All right, moving on, Landon. Um, let's go ahead and to the to the next signing, Robert Quinn. Uh, we we see that he got some big big money from the Bears: five years, seventy million, with thirty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, that's certainly somebody that we wanted uh, the Cowboys to bring back, but at that number, that's pretty expensive. Uh, are you okay with the Cowboys letting Robert Quinn go at that price?
1: Yeah, and, and actually, to clear up some math that I had wrongly told you beforehand, it ended up being $14 million a year, not twelve, million. Uh, and $30 million guaranteed for Quinn. I love Quinn. I think he was fantastic. I love what he did coming in to the team and, and, and you know, uh, showing out immediately. Uh, I think that's crazy amount of money for a guy his age. Um, and, and more power to him. I think he deserved to go get the payday. Uh, but but to me, um, I, I you know I'm paying those kind of guys who demand command and and can beat double teams like that's why I was okay more than okay with paying Demarcus Lawrence you know I, is that mm. he's a guy who who is going to command a double team and even when he is being doubled he'll find a way to win some of those and then on top of that also win most of his one on ones. Robert Quinn to me is a one-on-one blocker specialist. Like he needs to almost be that second defensive end because he needs someone to kind of take away all, all the attention and isolate him with his offensive tackle. When he gets chipped, when he gets uh, goes against a tight end, he greatly loses effectiveness uh, uh, rapidly. I and mean, the, the 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 difference is quite diff- is quite stark. So, uh, and I think you know. I mean, I think that I would have told you that, and I think I, we did tell you that when he came in. Like, just if you go watch the tape of him with Miami or the Rams, uh, you know that's where he was. You line him up one on one, he'll kill you. If you have if you have the resources and the ability to double team him, because the, the other team doesn't have anything else besides Quinn, he's not going to produce nearly as much. Uh, so I think this is a good situation for the Bears because of having Mack on the other side, but. For me, paying that much money to a defensive end uh, I I mean I, I would need a guy who would be the, the dude all by himself if that makes sense. You know, I would need to, he would need to be yeah, the guy yeah. drawing He's the, the, the guy
0: that's dictating, yeah. you know, offensive line calls and that kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy that teams, you know, the offensive coordinator stay up late at night trying to devise a scheme to stop him. Yeah. I love Robert Quinn. I think he's a fantastic player but that's just not what he does. What he is going to do is win at a high rate against single coverage in one specific way. I think that has a lot of value in today's NFL. I, I Again, I would have been willing to pay him 10, $12 million a season, but the price that he got and the length of the deal that he got, which is what, five years, yeah, he's going to be 30 years. years old. Yeah. It seems like you're paying a little bit too much there. Now, the tricky part for the Cowboys is they're going to have to find some defensive ends now, right? So you still have Demarcus Lawrence, you do have Dorrance Armstrong, who you like as a reserve. You drafted Joe Jackson last year. You have Tyrone Crawford, you know maybe whatever he is now with his hip injury, um, but you're going to need to find another defensive end, whether that's in the draft, maybe a Clavon Chase on at number seventeen, whether that's in free agents, oh, free agency, maybe with an Everson Griffin who's out there,
1: or. Uh, I, I,
0: maybe Randy
1: Gregory. Yeah.
0: That's the right answer, right? So if they can bring back Randy Gregory uh and he's eligible to play, you basically get the same player. I mean, maybe Quinn's a little bit better at this stage of his career, but you basically get the same player at well, a fraction of the price. You hope.
1: You hope. I mean, like I think Gregory has more upside, but obviously there's it's so unknown. It's just wide open having missed a year, blah blah blah. blah. And normally, this is the kind of thing where no one would give like this kind of guy even consideration. But Randy Gregory is that uh, uh, Rolando McClain of defensive ends, right? Like he's mm-hmm. like he's a freak of nature, and yeah, uh, he's so much of a freak of nature that he is the kind of dude who could, you know, uh, after a year off of football, come back and be ready to go, just because. He is, uh, you know, he, he's made in a lab. He's fr- hes a physical freak made to play the defensive end position. He is the definition of the Gumby pass rusher. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so... Uh, he needs to get back into shape we'll see how that i'm not putting all my eggs in that basket i'm i'm being you know dramatic and and, and theatrical yeah, no but, for the but, podcast. but
0: it's but it's true though right like that's the type of impact that he can have on this team yes. right away and that's uh, why we that's why we talk about him as much as we do
1: yeah i think that there's a reason obviously yeah I, I think that that there is reason to be excited about him i'm not i'm not putting him as my this is the only thing. All we need is Randy Gregory. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, They're, they're going to do need, something else as They well. need yeah. to draft a guy or they need to uh, get a free agent who can come in and, and, you know, be anything from the full-time on, you know, 85% plus snap defensive end on the other side or a guy who, if Randy Gregory takes off, can, can split that position with him. So, but I think that, you know, that's – this is something that has been in the back of my mind, kind of quietly. When are we going to start hearing uh, news about where Randy Gregory is in, in his situation?
0: Sure. Um, what's also interesting now, and I just kind of, you know, piecing this together, is uh, you know, going into free agency, there was a couple guys out there that we thought the Cowboys could maybe try to re-sign. Uh, obviously, Randall Cobb was one of them. Robert Quinn was another. Uh, now that Byron Jones is gone. For the most part, the Cowboys have all their guys that they're probably going to re-sign that are the in-house guys, right? There may be a couple more down-the-roster guys. Maybe they bring back a Jeff Heath. Uh, maybe they bring back an Anthony Brown. But it kind of feels like now is when they're going to start shopping for outside free agents, right? Um, that's kind of exciting for me at the, at the very least because now we get to talk about some, maybe some different guys that we haven't we haven't seen before. Um, they certainly have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball, They need to find an edge rusher now. They need to find a couple interior defensive linemen, probably a cornerback, maybe a safety. uh, But there's still a lot of talent out there. I mean, you look at some of the available free agents at those positions, the safety market is still really, really strong. There really hasn't been very many of those guys off the board. Uh, There's some fun edge rushers still out there that are, you know, all sorts of different ranges. Uh, The interior defensive guys, you know, we saw a couple of them go off the board with, uh Javon Hargrave yesterday um Jordan Phillips today but you know the, a lot of the names that we mentioned in our you know pre-free agency shows you know the Marcel Darius is the Danny Shelton Andrew Billings they're all still available so the Cowboys are going to start shopping here over the next couple of weeks I would assume uh and that's going to be interesting so Landon overall first day of free agency any big takeaways from the Cowboys side of the things
1: some surprises You know, I think again, uh, losing Cobb so early in free agency that, I mean, that's surprising. Um, I think the the big thing for me is that you walked away with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. That's what you, I felt like they had to walk away with. Uh, and I'm really just excited to see how the rest of things play out. I mean, they've got a lot of money, they've got some flexibility, uh, and, uh, you know, at the very least, I think you know, like we talked about, there is some some uh, some interesting stuff with 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 the with losing you know your top end players. But I, I, th- there's a very high likelihood now that the Cowboys go into the 2021 draft season with potentially two third round picks out of this. So yeah. uh, they there you know it's not all doom and gloom. The Cowboys. Well, actually, need...
0: maybe even more than that,
1: though, right? Well, I mean, it just it, it, for just those two players. I mean, outside of that, I mean, whatever else happens with, you know, outside the people, the the the, the rest of these free agents. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Cobb will get something, right, for that. Uh, uh and well, so, yeah, Cobb is
0: right. I would say Cobb's like right on the fourth, fifth round, uh, range, right. Yeah. So you're looking at now potentially. And again, this can kind of be fluid, but maybe two thirds and a fifth. I mean, that's yeah. That's it it quite all depends
1: a... on on how they spend in free agency as well. So yeah, but I, I'm just saying I I think that that there could be maybe now a shift of them trying to kind of go to more of a uh, of a of a, a, a comp pick model, trying to you know cycle through free agents. Yeah. So we'll see how it works out. I, I'm interested to see. At some point, they're going to need to continue to spend some big money because they they got some positions that need that may require it. Uh, Look for defensive tackle. Look for safety. Uh, You know, we've we've talked about some of these names. So uh, I I think the it's just getting started. There's still going to be lots of news left. But I think the bottom line is for me, they got Cooper. They've got Dak. That's what they had to do. Now let's see how they decide to form the rest of this team
0: yeah I'm not gonna break any news here but I do think it's um, the Cowboys have been more open to some of these day three trades where they take on guys on like one year salaries like we saw last year with Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett. I kind of anticipate that they're gonna be doing something similar like that over the next couple weeks just because you can get some really good talent that doesn't impact your comp formula so would it be let me let me give you an example yeah. this isn't a guy that I've heard connected to the Cowboys at all. Um, but like Keanu Neal, the safety from Atlanta. He's on a one-year deal, uh, a fifth-year option. Uh, his salary is pretty reasonable. Um, that's an in-the-box strong safety who the Falcons probably aren't going to sign. Would it be that surprising to see the Cowboys flip a fifth or sixth-round pick for one year of him? No, probably not. That That's probably the type of move that they're going to do rather than going out in free agency and giving – somebody big money like I, I don't know, even know who's at the top of the free eight Trey Boston or somebody yeah, like that yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like that's probably a more realistic route for the Cowboys but it would be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks again this this is when the action's gonna start for the Cowboys uh, I'm interested to see what they do here that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts follow Lehman at McCoolBCB You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.